The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello and welcome to I. We should shut the door. <laughs> keep that. No, keep, keep that, that in. That's gotta yeah. stay in. That's gotta stay in. There's all these animals keep coming. There's rats and and bat. There's a, a possum got in and died yesterday. I shot a crow and it dropped me door, some. Please. It dropped me some pesetas at least. It's, I got yeah, some. I got some pesetas from the crow. Is, hey yeah. everybody, welcome to IGN's number one podcast that was raised in a barn. Apparently, the door was wide open. All sorts of animals could have come or gone in that time. Anyway, I'm your host Max Scoville, and I'm joined by Brian Altano. What are we air conditioning the whole neighborhood? Get a load of this door. And Jada Griffin. Electricity doesn't grow on trees, Max. Didn't your mother tell you that? I, I, in Avatar, it does. Anyway. Um, I like that we all just went to things that our parents said to us growing right? up. Like. So we're off to a good rickety start, which is good, because we're going to be talking about all sorts of rickety death, death contraptions in Resident Evil 4, which is finally out. We've all played a ton of it. We've been wanting to talk about this for quite some time. Uh, it's, a, it's a very good game. If you haven't played it and you don't want to hear anything about it, I'm sorry. You should probably go do something else for the next 51 minutes. Um, but yeah, first, let's talk about something that is tangentially related to Resident Evil 4. Uh, one of the platforms it will be coming to is PlayStation VR 2, which we got word this morning uh, is not selling so great so far. Uh, right. According to Bloomberg, uh, there was a research from IDC that says uh, they're expecting to sell uh, 270,000 units by the end of March, which on its own is like a pretty, you know, that's a, that's a substantial number, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but for, I think what Sony was hoping for, that's not so hot. Uh, I think we heard a while back that they were, they were, um, aiming to produce 2 million PSVR two units by, to be sold presumably by the end of March. I mean, I always want to sell, you know, shoot, shoot for the sky or whatever, aim for, aim for the moon. But, uh, yeah. Land in some space video game. Yeah. yeah have you <laughs> opened your PSVR two yet? <laughs> You bought it. You bought it. You supported it. I did. I did. I bought it. I supported Sony. It's. I bought it as more of a future uh, investment. Um, I got to te- demo a little bit with our test unit that we got sent. Sure, yeah. Bit. Um, but honestly, I've been so busy with the other stuff that it's been really hard for me to want to open the box and really invest my time into PSVR mm-hmm. uh, 2. Plus, GDC was last week, which I was at. So, like, I'm just like... I'm about to take vacation in a couple weeks, so I'll definitely have some time yeah, to, like, mean, dive in. No, 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 Dog ate sure. my homework. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. The dog ate my homework, and, you I know, mean, that kind of power went show. out. Like, there was, there was this, a decent launch lineup there, but there, there was, was. A sort of 
uh, a lot of caveats there. There was a lot of, uh, you know, there was there was Call of the Mountain. That was the big flagship thing. There was Gran Turismo, that very cool stuff. And then everything else was kind of like, this is an upgraded version of a PSVR 1 game, or this is a port of a meta quest game, or, you know, I, I think a few of those were actually, actually new, but I just... I mean, we have our ear to the ground with this kind of stuff, and I, I just didn't really see that much buzz about it. It was, I mean, so like uh, Akeem is not here today. He's on another shoot, but he loves his. He, yeah. he plays his constantly, um, constantly getting all the new games for it, checking it out all the time, super into it. Like, I think that like what what happened here, and it's everything we, we've kind of talked about from the jump. Like, I think that this 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 console uh, had a really strong launch lineup in terms of like the, the best of the best, greatest hits of, of VR yeah. games. But I don't think it had like that single killer app must have game right like it doesn't have that thing that like you're like this is why i have to drop this money and um it doesn't have a lot of those coming up either and i think that that's there's a lot of people like like me who really like the first one and they're kind of like taking a wait and see approach on this and we're like mm -hmm. where is where is this going to land like is this is is this going to turn into like a big thing that like they're really supporting for a long time or is this something that's going to kind of you know, peter out after a little while. So it, I, th I will say that these numbers are significantly lower than I, I even expected for this. And I was like pretty cautiously optimistic about how well it would perform. But like there are what, 33 million PS5s out there right now. Something like that, yeah. And so you're, you're, you're not even looking at like one in 33 million or one in every 33 people are want this thing like yeah it's, you know yeah it's a small percentage like i'm fully committed like i've already bought a carrying case i got mm -hmm. a i have a, a stand a charging stand bought for it like that stuff is all there it's just waiting for me to i want to be able to have time to fully dedicate mm -hmm. it to it and give it the like the proper time it deserves not just let me put this on for 10 minutes and then forget about it yeah because i feel like that's one of it's a difference between playing like anything in psvr versus like power wash simulator you know yeah. what i mean like i could pick up power wash simulator go wash a van you don't, have to, you don't have to calibrate anything you know like it's mm -hmm. a, yeah it, vr is kind of the opposite of pick up and play like you have to set up a whole thing you got to plug something in you got to put a thing on your head and that's you know before you even get into the game and fine-tune all that stuff and uh you know that's that's a, that's the case for all vr in general but um brian to your point like there's you know this thing kind of came out swinging with a pretty pretty decent amount of games at launch but what's coming down the what's coming down the road like what's, yeah. what's on the way like yeah. i understand they're not being like a really if you know if horizon and uh and gran turismo aren't your thing like okay maybe that's not really that's not killer apps that's killer apps for somebody that's cool mm -hmm. uh but if you're, if you're taking a wait and see approach you're, you're waiting to see what they even announce you know it's not even waiting to see how like the thing performs it's it's like what are they what's what's coming to it you know right it yeah. like there's which is you know, and this is this is a kind of a vicious cycle because if they're like, well, we don't have much of an install base, that isn't exactly incentivizing developers to jump on board and make a brand new PSVR two game. You know, yeah, very. It, you get a very kind of chicken and egg cart and horse thing happening here, and it's like I don't know. Look, PlayStation understands this. They they launched PS five with Miles Morales and Demon Souls, and a, a, a little while later, we started getting things like Returnal and stuff like that. You know, mm -hmm. we've, now at this point, we've got God of War. There's there's right. a library there. There's Russian so much stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's so many good um, games. <clears throat> And that was also right, right after one of the best years they've ever had, where they said goodbye to PS4 with The Last of, Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of uh, Tsushima. Like, yeah, amazing year. They launched PSVR One with like Arkham VR and a couple like it even came in with like pack-in demos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, Astro Boy, right? Like yep. stuff like that is like it adds up. Nintendo Switch launched with Breath of the Wild. Like the, you need a killer app from the jump to get that energy going to get that excitement going. So now you're in a weird spot where it's like. 
the people who bought your system are in. Mm-hmm. They're buying games. I know. I, I can just tell that like the software attach rate is huge there because people bought it. They they're excited. They're like want to make you know get the the bang for the buck on this. And there's a, a hundred games in development that are not out yet. Yep. Right. But how much of what we've seen so far, and how much of what's coming? Uh, coupled with the price, uh, the limited, uh, you know, or lack of connectivity to PC and a bunch of other factors um, are going to entice the average consumer right now. And yeah. so if you don't have that, then to Max's point, you have developers who are like, should we invest? Should we make like, should we take a year or two and make a VR game? Should we make a VR port? Should we even take the, the resources to port stuff over from Quest or whatever? And, and that's also, you know, the, the also the tricky part is, do these studios have the people who have the expertise in making yeah. VR yet. Because if they don't, that means now they've got to hire people, which adds a whole nother process. And then they've got to go through the whole development process of making these ports or making these games. Yeah. Or they uh, they outsource it to another studio that is known for doing ports. And it's 50-50 if that comes out the way they mm-hmm. would have liked to have it come out. Like, you know, we've seen good ports. We've seen bad ports. Um, and right. you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me that really just strikes me as odd is like, I don't think there's anybody out there who bought their PS5 and played Astros and didn't love that game. Yeah. And it was just like, it was kind of, it was on the, our top 10, like PS5 game list for IGN for a while. And it might still be. And it's just surprising that they didn't kind of bring that same energy for the PSVR too. Like this was, a, that was a shoe in. They yeah. Astro was a PSVR two icon or PSVR one icon. Mm-hmm. And now that he's nowhere to be seen for PSVR two. So yeah. that, that's the biggest thing that's kind of like can, yeah, I mean, I even like doing like bringing like friends would come over. I put on PSVR one on their heads and I'd be like, hey, do the do the shark demo. Right. Like go into that. Go go do that. Mm-hmm. Like that. That came that came with like a bunch of little demos and stuff like that. Um, there was the Resident Evil 7 demo for it and stuff. But it's like, where is Insomniac? Where is Sucker Punch? Where is Santa Monica? Like who who is making what first party games are making uh, uh, first party studios are making software for this thing? Give me like, MLB the show in VR. Let like me anything. let me hit some baseballs. Yeah, like, like more, you know, like if like if you can't get your internal devs on board, or at least like getting a, getting them anou- announcing that they're working on something, um, then it. I think that like people are kind of hesitant to jump in for the long tail because they're like, where is this going? You know, yeah. or is this going to be okay? So. I want it to succeed. I think the, the I two things too. that could really put a you know be a real shot in the arm for this is is either put it on PC or put the PC on it. And I mean Half Life yep. Alex. Like yeah, that's one of those games that, that that is a extremely well known, well respected game. It's it was I think a lot of people's game of the year when it came out. But mm-hmm. again, it's sort of it's locked away on a, a PC VR, which is a considerably higher barrier of entry. But the, yep. if if you enough people have kind of heard of that, and it's also like. I don't know. I feel like Half-Life is an old enough franchise that it's got this kind of like reputation and maybe older people who've got a little more disposable income are like, hell yeah, I'll, I'll check that out in VR. That sounds, that sounds cool as hell. Uh, I don't know. It's the PC thing. Really? I I get hung up on this because we're seeing Sony put its first party games on PC Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, that's cool. You're opening that that, that up. It's, it's almost like you remembered that like Sony also does make PCs. (laughs) That's a, that's a whole department. Right. Uh, (laughs) And it's, it's, it's tricky, but like, I feel like if you just, if, they made it available to like to use as a PC headset that would get people to jump on it. And mm-hmm. that again would sort of, you know, cook the books enough to get maybe more developers to develop stuff for it. Yeah. I, you know? Yeah. No, I mean like I, the thing is that like that audience won't, 
will necessarily not exactly purchase a ton of games through the PlayStation Store. But in the same way they used to give away like magazine subscriptions to boost the numbers to the advertisers, you can say to a dev uh, or prospective dev, this has a million uh, person install base, two million person install base. You know, PSVR one, I think, hit five million at some point. uh, maybe a little higher than that, actually. And, and it's like interesting to me because it's like we talked about this with Suicide Squad a couple weeks ago, right? About how a lot of the stuff that we're seeing, uh, and I believe Jason Trier tweeted something similar um, recently about how a lot of the, the games we see and the software we see in the games industry right now, because development cycles take so long, we are seeing the results of decisions that were made like five, six years ago coming yep. into fruition now. And the ship has potentially sailed on some of these things. Like, yep. we, Facebook, Meta, whatever you want to call those horrible people over there. Um, they they built an entire like arm uh, division around uh, the metaverse and like uh, you know Zuckerberg being like they have legs now they can walk around <laughs> and like they've pulled back significantly on that they've lost a ton of money. They're banking hard on like VR being a way that I can say happy birthday to my aunt and then they just. We're like, oh, man, that's not really going to work. You know, maybe we'll go into uh, something else from here on out. Like, we're, now they're now they're going to bank on AI, right? Here he is. Here's yep. the goblin. <sighs> anyway, um, I, but yeah. yeah, this is it's a ongoing conversation. To your point, like, yep. yeah, it takes a, it takes a long time to develop a game. It takes a long time to develop a piece of hardware. Yeah, like, this thing was in was in the works a long time ago. Like, it takes. It, there's a lot of moving parts there. In some cases, literally, you got to figure out how to make, make the thing go on your head. Uh, so yeah, it's. I, moving targets it's going to be interesting to see how this how this shakes out but it's definitely not up to a strong start and i really hope that uh you know sony can turn that around or at very least kind of uh you know give you a reason to open that box something to look forward to to play you know max are you using moving targets as a segue to talk thought, about I resident evil were. i thought you were you better do it you better do it so speaking of moving targets <laughs> has been doing, shooting all sorts of moving targets in the shooting gallery located below the weird town of resident evil just nailing those pirates with the tmp and the if you have I haven't seen that video that we tweeted out. Did you retweet that? I did. Okay. Yes. So we talked Into about my that. Profile. We talked about that video in Changed our like name. our internal <laughs> morning meeting. This is like the whole staff at IGN, and I was I, I almost wanted to be like, yeah, she's on, Jada's on our on our show. we have jada we're carrying our whole squad and by whole squad i mean the entire company like you're just oh my god gameplay wise fucking nasty (laughs) just like i feel like we could throw up some b-roll over this but yeah oh my um, god yeah it's just nasty so let's get into this resident evil 4 is out fuck it's a good game it's so good so i love that like the original back in 2005 got a 9.8 Mm-hmm. from matt casamassina i think i don't know but it, yeah it just shy of a 10 out of 10 the, the new one got a 10 out of 10 which yeah. honestly that's all that's all made up numbers it doesn't matter but the point is it's an excellent game it is yeah. such a good mm-hmm. game uh brian this is is this your favorite game of all time yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um like this is the thing that constantly like it's sort of tied with uh link's awakening for me is like and like I, I call them both my favorite like if it's like if i had two children i wouldn't pick a favorite right but yep. both of those games got remakes recently so i'm very happy about that but you are eating good <laughs> i know right <laughs> bloodborne is number three for me so look out folks like whatever deal with the devil i made um you will bear the fruit of that but yeah this is a uh, something that i I am just compl- this is a game I am completely enamored with. I am so 
incredibly ecstatic that Capcom pulled this off. They gave this the care and love and respect that it deserves. They built the game that uh, I think honors exactly and respects everything about the DNA of the original, but also creates something that I think a modern player can hop into instantly. It's gorgeous. It's scary. It's funny. It's campy. It's got every, everything tonally that I love about the original game has been retained here. Um, and they've just built so much else around it. Like there's new there's new combat versatility that you can parry with your knife. The the enemies are are gorier and scarier and stuff like that. There's just so much happening here that I was like, where is it? Where can this go? And like, you know, we were all kind of worried. Where like where is this going to land on the spectrum of remakes these days? Right? Like, is this going to be one to one? Is this going to be like cut content? Are they going to redo the entire thing? I was thinking about uh, uh, when EA uh, made Goldeneye. Mm. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Yeah, which was like... That was like on the 360 era, right? Yeah, yeah. like the Wii, and it was kind of like, okay. It, was, it, didn't, it, it didn't have a soul, really. It was yeah, just, yeah, it was It was just not really... Like, it was like... Do it was you guys GoldenEye re- in name only. Yeah, like, do you remember the classic game, GoldenEye? You played it with all your friends, you gathered around the TV, you put cardboard up on, over the screens and stuff like that. Well, it's back um, through some legal dispute that we made, and now this, like, weird Frankenstein version of it exists. So there's a lot of like pathways where this remake could have been like they totally dropped the ball here they totally screwed up and i i didn't feel that way at all i felt like they built this thing that was just completely serviced the original and and also modernized everything i love about it it's just phenomenal we um when we first heard about this it was in like a a leak it was a it was a a line item on like a top secret capcom spreadsheet and we were all we were all like no way yeah and i remember just imagining that and i think it was going through uh the re3 remake and kind of being like how like this is gonna have to be a next gen thing amazingly enough it is it is on ps4 which is Mm -hmm. incredible uh but just to try to try to sort of comprehend the scope of this game because re4 compared to like previous entries is massive yeah there's like a true sense of like scale to it uh and it's i remember just sort of being like it's gonna have to be like you know, there, there's going to be parts that are like almost open world. And sure enough, there, there's like a massive sprawling lake area to explore yeah. in a boat. And it's like, it's just, it's stunning how well they did this. And, you know, there is stuff that got cut out of it, which we'll talk about in a second. But like, it, you don't notice it, you know, because it's such, it, if anything, it's sort of, it's tightening things up. Like it feels. It you, helps with the pacing. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, like I noticed a few things that were missing and we'll talk about, again, we'll talk about that later, but it's, it did such a great job of highlighting these other moments and making them bigger and more impactful to the story yeah to where you just you're you don't even think about what you're not getting because you're so enamored with what you are getting yeah yeah and the the final runtime for the average player ends up being roughly the same too which is really interesting like yeah there's stuff that goes away but then they added like there's that whole castle siege area where like mm-hmm. you gotta fight a you know a, a new a new a new boss with a, a cannon and you know there's a whole like the lake meant area that max mentioned um, you do get a boat in the lake in the original one, and there's one optional cave that you can go to that most players skip. But here they're like, they baked that into the flow and they're like, oh, you get to travel all around the lake, get out and solve a bunch of puzzles and then do a bunch of optional side stuff. Go hit stuff. up a chicken farm, go yeah. farm up some eggs. And you and me were messaging about like, we were just like, like farming for fish, fish. Yeah. for like a, an afternoon <laughs> just to like dump a couple of bucks in your guns. I mean, like. I wanted to buy the, I bought, I wanted to have my rocket launcher yeah. by like chapter three, four mm-hmm. or whatnot. So you gotta get you can sell those fish. Yep. The thing I think is impressive is, is, and it's easy to sort of overlook this, is the original, you had to stop to attack, to shoot. Like, yeah. It, yes. Which is, I mean, that's 
not quite tank controls, but it, it sure as hell slows things down. Stop and pop, Stop we call and, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like the fact that they managed to have this be a run and gun game, like this is a fully real time combat situation and it doesn't half the time it takes you to play it. Yeah. It, it, the amount of stuff that they added to it, the fact that the, the average runtime is about the same, mm -hmm. despite the fact that you are no longer having to, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like... That's a good way of putting it. And, it, you know, again, the, they cut some stuff out, they sped some parts up, but at the end of the day, it, like, it, it flows the same way. Yeah. The only thing that I do wish they would have included was the ability to shoot while crouched, because there were certain areas where I was like, uh, man, I would love to be able to crouch underneath this branch yep. and snipe this person. A lot of parts where I would just sort of out of habit, you'd think you could do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, you're like, well, time... And it's just like... Pfft. Yep. Yeah, it was like, oh, cool. I do, I do love the new uh, stealth mechanic, though, and upgrading oh, your knife and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of stuff that was like, you know, a thing that was there a little bit in the beginning. Like, I remember, like, I my whole thing playing Resident Evil 4, the original, which I've done a hundred times at this point, is I walk into the main village area with the chainsaw guy before he's there, and I make a, a hard left, and there's that woman... Uh, with a rake and she's just like rah, 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 and she's just like doing like this and right next to her is an herb and I go up behind her and I knife her and I try to kill her before everybody else in town notices and then I play the remake and I walk over to her and, and I'm like it was like oh you want a stealth kill and I was like oh yeah big time so I stab her in the back of the neck and I, I got like five or six kills before everybody started getting pissed off at me and then it turns into you know real rumble mm -hmm. but what I love about that is like you have a lot more options now and all of that adds to what this game is fundamentally built around which is replayability like that's the thing that i think gets lost in a lot of the conversations about why resident evil 4 is so fantastic yep. is that this is a game that uh pushes and inspires you to play it differently each time so you'll beat the game and then you get new toys and like the more the better you are at it the better toys you unlock, the stupider those toys get. Like, mm -hmm. they're like, oh, you beat it on professional in under blah, blah, blah. You know what you get? You get cat ears and an infinite typewriter <laughs> machine gun. Yep. And you can go <laughs> shoot all those people now. You want you want an infinite rocket launcher? Well, you're, you've been such a good kid you killing everybody. all your money. You get to be Wile E. Coyote for the this next is, 20 this hours. This is true of, of all the Resident Evil games. Yeah. The first time around is a haunted house. The yeah. second time around is a... Fun house. Yeah, exactly. It's a shooting gallery. It's an, like the, the, the surprises and scares aren't there anymore like yep. you know what's coming so they're just like all right well now you you are dressed like a 1920s gangster and you have an <laughs> infinite rocket launcher okay go nuts have fun and you put you did your initial run like dressed as prince right oh yeah like, that's right they had those little costumes oh god i love this game so much yeah the thing that I, they kept hitting me over the head is like the original like I didn't play it when it first came out, so I can't speak to how realistic it felt then. Mm -hmm. But going back to it, it always it has that kind of you know it has that kind of GameCube haze to it. Like it feels it feels like a video game. It looks like a video game. So all yeah. this video gamey stuff you do throughout the course of the game doesn't feel out of place. Th in this case, it's like almost photorealistic. It is like it is stunningly good looking. It looks so good, yeah. And the fact that like I the I had the um the it's like the theatrical co the romantic costume for yeah him. yeah yeah. And he's also got some like oakley's on so he just he just <laughs> looks like prince you know he's like you must purify yourself in the the las plagas of lake villalobos or whatever yep um but I, he when he, he meets ashley she's wearing like this absurd like scene kit outfit yeah yeah it's yeah. this like gorgeous incredible cutscene. i don't think capcom gets enough credit for how good the cutscenes look and they do all that like they block all that stuff out with like action figures i, I love that stuff but seeing it at this fidelity just makes me it just it it blew my mind it made me mm -hmm. realize that like how much i would love to see that option in movies where if you could pay like an extra five bucks the costumes are extra dumb oh my god <laughs> and it was just it's so need it's that for so bonus funny. features like, yeah 
but that that fine line of like this is scary but also it's pretty stupid and silly and mm-hmm. like there's you know arbitrary backflips and suplexes and it i mean it as like someone who was kind of a scaredy cat growing up like i i definitely was like I, that's what warded me off of this the first time around right um and you know i eventually got to him like this isn't that scary this is actually incredibly funny but it is like it is really funny that you get I don't know, like there's like someone terrifying coming at you with a knife and then you suplex them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's, I no, guess. I was on a, a, don't, don't get mad at me. I was on podcast unlocked this <gasps> week. Um, the Xbox show we do here. I'm a trader. I know. And one of the things I mentioned what there else? is that like, this is, <laughs> this is a, a, a really tough balance is uh horror and comedy because both of those things are incredibly subjective and so much of resident evil's dna is campiness and it's also gory violent terror right and when i saw this game to begin with i was like this is gonna be they're gonna go full like kind of mature gritty horror but then leon has tons of goofy silly one-liners in this game and they were able to retain that and i'm i just i'm really happy that they didn't lose that side of it because it's so it's so integral to the dna of this game and i think that a lot of people you know might balk at that like when like when jokes show up in star wars now there's a lot of people that are like why is comedy in star wars and it's like well it's kind of always been there so it's not really a big deal but i think a lot of people now like they want horror to be scary and they want comedies to be comedies and they don't want the you know the peas and carrots to mix or whatever this is a thing that i i honestly think like Japanese media does better than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's weird. Like, cause you know, you look at something like Evangelion, which is the closest thing to an animated nervous breakdown that's ever been made. Uh, and it's about the end of the world and it's extremely messed up and it's very dark, but also there's a penguin who lives in the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. And like, metal gear, right? Metal gear, yeah. Exactly. It's about the horrors yeah. of war. And it's, it's completely nightmarish, but also you can put like bikini girls on your cardboard box. And yeah. You can get Sheep a recording, of, get a recording <laughs> of diarrhea and the guard yeah. thinks you're in the bathroom. It's like, great. It's just, there's, there's always that like, and I mean, the Yakuza series does this really well too. Yep. And it's this, it's this funny thing where it's kind of compartmentalizing like very serious main story, but also completely ridiculous thing on the side. Mm-hmm. And like, the way this one managed to nail that, you know, like the original does, I think it really just accentuated how wonderfully like silly that is. And I, I just, I love it. I think what really delighted me about the moment to moment of like playing through this game for the very first time was every single time I turned a corner and I was like, yeah, I know this part. I know what's going to happen. Yep. Something would be rearranged or remixed or, or cut and swapped or mm-hmm. they'd, they'd spit you out at the back of a area instead of like the front yeah, of Yeah, there were so many like rearranging of like how you just get to places. The, the part in the original game where you like uh, in the opening or right past the opening village where you have to put those two emblems together and there's like the bridges and stuff yep. like that. Mm-hmm. That whole thing now, like they start you at a different door of it. Yep. And so when I walked through there, I was like, to, I think you had to walk through like a cave or something in the yeah, original, you, yeah. and then you came out, yeah. Yep. And now it's it's completely reworked. So there was so much of that, like I know what's going to happen next. I know, I know, I know this like the back of my hand, and it would totally turn it on my head. And I love that. Just constantly kept me on my toes. It was so so I, cool. I can't remember in the in the original that drawbridge that's there. Could you shoot that out and no. break? No. So, yeah, I didn't realize that on my first playthrough because I was yeah. going through like handgun and knife piece like and bolt thrower for like pretty much only weapons I used yep. for like most of it. And then I got through my second playthrough and I bought my infinite rocket launcher at the start of chapter two. Mm-hmm. And I, I like fired at somebody on the bridge and the bridge just collapsed. I was like, 
that can happen now. There, there was a video like, going around on Twitter where like there's a there's a uh, somebody playing as Leon and they shoot a, a a villager in the head just as he throws one of those firecracker dynamites over his head, and the villager dies and you're like, all right, he did it, and then the thing blows up behind him the bridge collapses and leon just falls and it's oh like oh my just, goodness yeah. again great. extremely looney tunes it's very you know? looney tunes. I, I might have shot the bridge out from under myself <laughs> i had a weird thing where like there's all those blue medallions scattered around yeah i got one of those by accident while shooting at a guy and i didn't and it was just like ding and i was like what okay i i love the the blue medallions and like how they kind of updated it and used them for the this side quest like, can, we, can we agree yes. that the merchant is maybe the best character in video games oh my god i love him I just, so much i love his he, he makes no sense the yep. fact that you, you fight your way through the most horrifying just arduous thing and then you go around a corner he's like oh i guess i better get back to work yeah break time's like, over we love our herbs it's we like, do heal a man they, kill a man did they uh kill did they try to kill you before you were setting up your folding table yeah and he's got his like weird little purple lizard fingers and yeah stuff i mean like to be fair he's he's the one we buy all our guns for so i'm sure he's he's packing so yeah. like like i'm sure he's probably he selling them pitchforks and stuff I don't he know. says that thing early on about how he's, he's like he's he's he'll sell you back your stuff like at, at, at market cost or whatever he's like i just want to see you do well you know yep. like there's that like line of oh, encouragement so much he's yeah. so good um gun rhymes with fun for a reason i got i got it i got a. I went into one of his rooms and he was like gun rhymes with welcome <laughs> i was like that doesn't rhyme like wait does it does uh, gun rhyme? you ever see welcome? that thing where you you run up on him too fast and uh his line of dialogue doesn't pop up like you just run in he's just like a hole oh. <laughs> 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 he goes break time's over i suppose <laughs> he's the best um <laughs> This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so I want to talk about this, Brian. You know the, the original game. Yes. Back your hand. And there are like a lot of a lot of subtle differences. Uh, and you prepared a nice list of things that are uh, have, have been changed. I did, yeah. So uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake might be the best video game remake ever made. As you know, it completely overhauls the graphics and sound, fine-tunes the gameplay, adds a ton of awesome quality of life features, reworks entire chunks of the 2005 game with brand new environments, items, bosses. But... And I got to say it also loses a couple of set pieces and conflicts from the original game along the way. So here are five big scenes that got cut from RE4 remake. If you're still loving the remake, but you're still nostalgic for some classic uh, scenes that got the axe. Well, I got something that might interest you. Uh, number one, the U3 boss fight. Uh, this tense, terrifying dual phase boss fight against uh, like a bald monster that looks like Frieza from Dragon Ball fucked a scorpion is no longer in the game, along with the falling shipping container storage unit that you battle him in, nor is the second section afterwards where he chases you around a large figure eight shaped area, smashing through doors and exploding oil drums. It's kind of a bummer because like I would have loved to see how this looked in the modern RE engine. They did such a good job of modernizing all these uh, monsters, but I, it seems that when U3 died in 2005, he died for good. Maybe he'll pop up in Mercenaries. Uh, number two, the Castle Dragon Room. In 2023's Resident Evil 4, you still go searching for stone animal body parts to open a door in the castle section, but the way you collect them has been reworked entirely from the original. Uh, the 2005 version had you enter a long lava-filled hall called the Dragon Room, where huge fire-breathing dragon statues attempted to burn you to death while you tried to reach a treasure chest on the other side of the room you had to shoot their little chains that were hanging up on them uh i think we have a picture of it this was one of the most visually distinct areas in the entire game so it's definitely kind of a bummer that it's gone i really liked this room mm. it was uh there was like a, a a closet that just dropped bad guys it was like one of those like <laughs> you know monster factories uh number three uh tiny salazar's huge stone mech chase sequence uh salazar is a funny little villain with a napoleon complex and a napoleon hat so to compensate for his lack of loftiness he built a gigantic stone mech version of himself who chases you full speed over crumbling bridges while trying to stomp you to death in resident evil 4 remake his big stone mech is still there but it's stuck surrounded by scaffolding and uh he does try to kill you with a fire breathing but you can shoot the back of his neck and his head will explode so like i don't know if they're building a version of him that will eventually run away 
I didn't know that. You didn't know that? I missed that. I re- oh. I, re- I dodged all the fire. <laughs> you know, was, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, let yeah. the fire burn all my enemies, I, and then I ran through. That's good, too. I feel like he made that dem- Like, this is the realism they've added. Is he made the demand, like, make me a little stone mech. I want to stop right. around it. And they were like, uh, we'll try. Mm-hmm. We're, and they we're working, were, like, on working on it. On, they're like, it's kind of impossible. We're not going to be a stone Gundam for this dude. Like, yeah. You know what? With Leon being able to move and shoot, that just means he got there faster before they could finish That's exactly development. Yeah. Yep. yeah, and so yep. they got rid of that entire section, and it's, it's kind of a bummer because, like, I think people were like is this part going to be there and the answer was like yes sort of mm-hmm. um and i think like the new the new the whole the game's awesome right like i love it but yeah. like it is worth pointing out that the original game does have a giant robot rock napoleon that chases a giant you. stone little boy robot <laughs> yeah and what's really funny about that scene again extremely looney tunes is that you run full speed through that and there's a locked door at the end so leon's like running and you're like jamming on buttons right it's all qte based you're hitting sprint over and over and over and on professional it's such a pain in the ass because you have to double your speed and you get to this little door and it's just locked and you get your little knife out and you kink 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 or you can shoot it and then the Salazar robot just Kool-Aid mans through that entire wall and you jump over a bridge. So that's great. Uh, next, the ski lift gondola section. So Batoras Mendez, who looks like the undertaker is like a tall, annoying man, frequent pain in the ass to Leon. So it's only natural that the only way to get to his house is by riding a fucking ski lift while <laughs> a dozen of his grandfatherly henchmen oh try to God, shoot to death. Photoshop. Like this. Yeah, there we go. This whole section is gone now and it's weird because in resident Evil 4 remake behind the house where you have the standoff with luis there is a ski lift right it's like a derelict shut down gondola whatever a sky ride whatever you want to call those things um so it's there but it's just not operable why was it there i don't know they're they, trying to like do like a vacation destination thing it's weird it's weird so maybe like if they do a simon ada they'll throw it in there uh next the ashley graham bulldozer simulator 2005 sequence so through most of resident before kidnap president's daughter and recent flip phone demolisher ashley graham requires constant protection and help from her rescuer leon s kennedy that is until she gets her hand on the steering wheel of a large bulldozer starts tearing ass through a remote island off the coast of spain Throughout this demolition derby, Leon rides flatbed, you know, gunning down murderous attackers, fending off grabby psychopaths, while Ashley smashes through walls, hitchhikers, uh, bridges, all this fun stuff. This whole sequence, not making the trip to 2023, kind of sucks a bit because, like, big trucks are always fun in video games, you know? Shout shout out to Uncharted. (laughs) Um, But it didn't make it here. So it's it's a little odd. They also removed, there's a sequence where a truck comes down right before you go to the castle. And they got rid of that too, which is interesting. Did the original have the the wrecking ball sequence? No. No. The wrecking ball is what replaced it. Yeah. A new new truck. Yeah. So Ashley was doing like, I don't trade school for truck (laughs) trucks. Yeah. She she got a new like big construction toy. Uh, And finally, the laser room. So for a game where you kill a guy with a burlap sack and get stabbed by pitchforks and punch open, you know, crates of snakes behind an abandoned barn, there's actually like a surprising amount of high-tech shit in this game that also tries to kill you so the 2005 version of the game had this thing called the laser room which was a long hallway that led to a small throne room that uh protected osmond sadler's cool gamer chair that you get to sit in this was directly inspired by the first resident evil movie that came out three years before that i don't know if you guys remember that yep there's a scene in that movie where this dude colin salmon who's an actor who also gets killed in a w uh paul ws anderson movie alien vs predator uh, almost in a similar way he gets sleek like cleanly sliced to pieces by all these lasers coming in um leon's too cool for that shit obviously he does backflips he survives and yep. everything but this Catherine zeta jones exactly so <laughs> this they took this hallway out and like 
it's it's a dumb scene right and again it's yes. almost entirely qte based maybe it didn't work with the mechanics that they built into the game um but it's gone. Uh, these lasers were left on the cutting room floor, as they say. So there you have it. Resident Evil 4 re remake. Hell of a ride. Uh, but it did dump some precious cargo along the way. Either way, we now have two awesome versions of RE4 to play whenever we want. Not to mention the countless other ports, HD remasters, VR versions. It's on iPhone at some point. You play it everywhere. Play it everywhere. Put it on the TI-83. Yeah. So yeah, pour, pour one out for the, for the scenes we lost in RE4. Um, so yeah, you know you know Resident Evil Four pretty well. Right? I do, I just do. a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. You know. Jada, you know it pretty well just, too. Yeah, it's you know it's a, right. it's a hobby. Well, how well do you think you could recognize the sounds of it? Ooh, not at Ooh. all. We're gonna play a little game called What was that noise? Ooh, yeah. I love it. Special sound effects pulled from Resident Evil Four. Uh, this is from the original. So if you've been Ooh. too accustomed to the remaster, I'm gonna throw you for the loop here. But then again, you've had what 18 years to memorize. The <laughs> Let's do it. The first one is, I feel like this is, I think this is too easy. Okay. Let's, let's give it a listen. You hear that? It's the sound of silence. Yeah. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Mm -hmm. That is a beautiful. Any second now. We're going to go at the noise. Ooh. Um, yeah. That's when you combine herbs. Or yes. A really that's select combining any, anything. Yeah, that's selecting anything, anything in the inventory. Or just, you could also just. Just pick it up. It's the sound. It's the sound yeah. of herbs. I don't know how they landed on that noise. I don't know what that's <laughs> supposed to be. I think it's one of the least herbal sounds I've ever heard. We love our herbs. We do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, here it's. Just, oh yeah. yeah, yeah there we go. All right. So that was kind of. I feel like that was too easy. You hear that constantly? I like that one. Yeah. Little potted mm -hmm. plants. Uh, just go go into the corner, mixing them together, little vials. It's weird. The president's daughter uh -huh. doesn't think anything of that. All right. <laughs> Next, uh, I feel like this is a little bit more specific. Let's 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 hear a snippet of that. <laughs> That would be Leon uh, doing his roundhouse kick. Or uh, jumping out of a window. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Wow, you're okay. You've, you've heard this enough times. <laughs> here's, the full, here's the full version. Uh, okay, here's one final one. This is, I feel like this is an extra tricky one. Ooh. Is that a regenerator? Nope. What is that? I have no idea. It sounds like, like there's obviously some type of steam or something going off. It it almost sounds like the cold showers that was yeah, in yeah, yeah. the remake. But what were they in the original? I don't remember. It's <sighs> would would do you think it was something that sounded like this? Maybe. I was right. It was. Yeah. So close. It was. Yeah. So it is the sound of the, the tanks. Yeah, that's the, 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 the what is it? Liquid nitrogen tanks yes. getting knocked over. To, when you fight Vordugo. Yeah. To get Vordugo yes. all yeah. cold. Yeah. Give him I was like, I knew it sounded like some type of steam, but I couldn't remember. Yeah. You get him. You get them all frosty, and then you beat the shit out of them. Yeah. yeah. I forgot that the you Crunching literally up. just kicked the liquid nitrogen tanks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and now it's like a cold shower. It's all baked into the door. It's you know completely. I kind of miss when Leon would do like a flip kick and be like yeah, and then just kick something on the on the ground. Anyway, so yeah, you. That was good. That was that was that was a deep cut, Max. Both know I ever do go, man. It's the that's the thing that I'm like, oh, they're gonna make this game. Oh no, I have to fight him again. I hate that guy. He's. I loved the the whole sequence leading up to him too. Oh, it was so good. You put you you noticed something really funny about that, right? the the area leading up to him there was like something it was like we're talking about like uh the, like, like how filthy of, it was it was down a bottle there. of bleach yeah yeah it was like spray uh, spray cleaner yeah, so there's a there's a part where you're like going through a bunch of tunnels and stuff and i love it. it's like the most disgusting gross part of i mean it's a resident evil game it's i think second grossest maybe to the the house in in seven or whatever and you go around a corner like right before right before the the merchant there's just like a clean cleaning bottle solution spray bottle just sitting there and it's like 
who's using that? Yeah. Is it like putting out cleaning supplies to make people think that you cleaned your house before they came over? Like well, that's you, like they oh, like it's just in the middle of mopping. Yeah. It's like no, you weren't. You, you get like you un disgusting. you what unlock uh, like COVID masks in this game. Yeah. And it's like well, canonically, like the main characters get shot up with the virus like ten yeah. minutes in. Yeah. So <laughs> it's injected. I, I don't know if the mask is going to help much. It's gonna, maybe it'll prevent them from spreading it to other people. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. That's what the masks are for. They're yeah, that's true. Leon and Ashley from <laughs> spreading it to the other non-infected villagers i don't know <laughs> uh, uh, of which there are uh, any are there any i don't think there are yeah so um i wrote a whole column for fragian about sort of just the, the different the different monsters in the game and specifically mm. how like i love like everything you know what is it imitation is the sh purest form of flattery and also there are no new ideas like yeah. everything comes from something whether intentional or not yep. uh it's how it goes and i feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of just horror movie dna in re4 mm -hmm. it's from everywhere and I, I love it for that and replaying this i feel like it really kind of hit me in the face and the thing I, that occurred to me is something that jumped out at me when this game first came out and i think i was just looking at like posters and action figures and stuff because i was i thought i was too scared to, to play it and the thing that was very odd is like previous re stuff you're like oh there's like mute it's like zombies and there's like mutant stuff it all kind of made sense and in this one i'd see like i'd see um you know dr salvador who's basically Leatherface, and then I would see, like, the Verdugo, which is the Xenomorph. And I'm like, how the how do you connect these two? Yeah. Like, how are they related? Like, how is there any connective tissue there? And the, the answer is that it's all it's all the parasites. Like, yeah. that's, which is a wonderful, like, narrative leap of faith there, that they're able to do yep. that. And it's funny because there's, like, there's so many, like, the the Las Plagas themselves, they look like, they look just like face huggers. Yeah, they're from like, aliens. They're just face huggers mm -hmm. from Alien. But then at the same time, you see them basically get sort of evolved up into the Verdugo, which is, like, the original alien xenomorph. It's, like, following you around in, like, big industrial hallways. It's got a long whipping yeah. tail. And then yeah. flip side, you've got the, what are they called? The, um, I, f I forget the name, but they're the, the bugs. They're just, they live in the hive. Right, oh, right. Oh, the, um, oh, gosh, it starts with an in like no visitors i think yeah yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah those are those are like aliens from aliens and yep. it's, it's yep. funny because there's just there's all these little bits and pieces and i was just kind of picking this apart and really thinking on it uh and then of course obviously there, there's there's the thing the john carpenter movie where uh you know, there's a few parts in that where like the thing gets sort of cornered and it just just tentacles explode out of somebody's head and someone recognizably human goes into something very demonstrably non-human. Yeah. And that happens left and right here. And I it happens love it to the so dogs, much. right? Like yeah. the dogs now, like and they've they I think they went they went even harder with it this time around too, with like the yeah. sort of like the tentacles that pop out of like specific characters' heads and stuff. Like it's it's awesome. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely adore it. Um, but I actually kind of stumbled upon a, a couple things that are I feel like lesser known Resident Evil influences. Mm. Uh, one of them, and I was I was poking around. There is a 2001 Stuart Gordon movie called uh, Dagon, which is an adaptation of a couple different H.P. Lovecraft stories that are kind of like uh, congealed into one. But it's it's definitely more of a uh, Shadow over Innsmouth um, story, which is that's a that's a weird novella about a dude who goes to this town and it's full of like horrible fish people. And uh, in the movie that they made, it was a Spanish production. So they changed Innsmouth to Imboca, which is instead of like mouth, it's like mouth in Spanish. Mm. And it was shot in this Spanish fishing town. And that is where the Spanish villagers from RE4 came from. Like, yeah, just, yeah. It is like mobs of these dudes. And it's, it's, it's eerie how similar so much of this is to like beats you, you run into in, in Resident Evil. It also is like in that sort of 2001 era, they've got these like these logos for for the cult that they're in it's mm -hmm. supposed to be like the, the dagon they worship this like dagon you know undersea old one beast kind of thing but it's got this like vaguely try hard kind of tribal aesthetic to it which is just the same as the the las plagas logo where they've got these like it, it just looks like a little too 
little too tribal tattoo. You yeah. Know, it's got too mm-hmm. many pointy edges. looks like the Unreal Tournament logo. You know, it's just like a little bit. <laughs> it's got that. It's got that like late 90s spikiness to it. It's also got this like occasional jumps of really bad CG, oh, yeah. which is no, really totally. funny. Like Max and I both watched this movie over the week. And it's like it's interesting because it's like a, a, a blonde woman gets kidnapped by a religious cult. And they're, you know, they, they, they worship like monsters. And uh, there's there's villagers that chase you around. But the protagonist is a lot more uh, he's in a- Resident Evil he's a lot more ethan than he is leon i don't think okay. i've ever had anybody this dweeby as like yeah. a protagonist he's just this he's like oh, excuse me he's like trying to he's trying to speak spanish the whole time and just completely oh god um, <laughs> don't install a biblioteca. yeah I, I love it but it's, it's funny that like it wasn't like it wasn't the original story that influenced like resident evil it was like this specific movie and it's like it's like why why spain like that always seemed kind of odd mm-hmm. for resident evil and it's like i'm honestly trying to kind of roll that back and i guess if you were to try to do the authentic lovecraftian you know fishing village it would be a little weird if there was also like a random miniature aristocrat in a castle but i feel like <laughs> yeah. in spain you can be like eh, no there's it, that that checks out there it's yeah. spain, spain was there in medieval times of course yep. there's a castle whereas you'd have to like have to be like a rockefeller mansion in, in new england or something it yeah. doesn't, quite, doesn't quite fit and now like with resident evil village it's like they've they've given people like that 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 bridge again right like they're like mm-hmm. oh like part of contemporary resident evil is folk horror and castles now like that's part of the language that modern resident evil fans know and so seeing that in resident evil 4 again you know which originated in 2005 is so awesome because it just means that like castles now are now an important part of resident evil just like mansions are yep great I mean, it's funny. You you send like a secret agent to go rescue the president's daughter, and he's in a castle. It just it's it's a little. It's just kind of off in a way that makes it especially charming. And again, like uh, it's, it's Baby Condor. We don't say her full name uh, except for in the first cutscene with Hunnigan when we're like Baby Condor, the president's daughter, and she's like, so fucking idiot. Can I say the one thing I loved about playing this on PS5? You didn't get this because you're playing on Xbox, yeah. right? Is that anytime you get a call on comms, the only volume comes from your controller. Oh, that's awesome. And so like, and it and it's it's lower volume. Because I had my I had my settings down, so every time like Hunnigan called or Louise called, I literally would have to be like, "Hey, what's up?" And I'm just like, literally, they're like speaking into my ear, like I'm on the phone. Um, my partner looked at me weird every time I did it. I don't know if you know this about me. I have uh, I've bought pretty much every version of Resident Evil Four, so uh, I might double dip on this one just to do that. That's, it's yeah, that's it's special. so great. I, I love, love about it. about video games is that they often predate what's common technology, and like in I don't know, in like Resident Evil and in Metal Gear Solid, people are constantly FaceTiming you. Yeah. I was like, hey, what's going on? It's it's me. I got to talk to you about the president's thought. It's me, Otacon, whatever. And it's like, that's in the same way that like the sort of navigation system in GTA predated everyone having GPS. Right, yep. right. There's stuff that seems like, it seemed kind of futuristic at the time. And now you're just like, if somebody FaceTimed me when I was out doing something, I'm like, no, I'm not going to talk to you right now. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> couldn't this have been a text? You know, the like, thing is like, oh, cannot- could have totally been like, hey, uh, let me, the helicopter's running late, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how a uh, helicopter might. Mike sounds like Terrence and Philip this time around, by the way. <laughs> He's like, hey guys, I'm coming all the way over there. I know great Bob I can go hang out in. It's great. Um, but they're like this, they kept the game in 2005. Yeah. Like when Ashley sees her smashed uh flip phone, yep. she's like, I just bought that phone. It's like this crappy phone from 2005. So like it it has like snake on it. <laughs> yep. Um, and then later in the game, like you just you start seeing like computer labs and stuff like that. And there's just all these crappy early like, 2000s yep. PCs. It's such a good touch. <laughs> it's so uh, good. No, I, I just adore this game um it was so much fun talking about it with you guys it yeah it's a really good time i we could honestly keep going for probably another hour uh let us know we'll, we'll definitely keep yeah. talking about this i, game I think yes. we'll, we'll be coming back to i got some more to talk about next week um but yeah if uh if, if anyone's looking for some sort of resident evil 4 homework um check out check out dagon also the deep deep rising 
Stephen Summers, who did like the mummy and stuff like that. Right. That is that has a lot of a lot of monster tentacles in it, but also some wacky jet ski action, which uh, I feel like will kind of hit you in the face as how much Resident Evil Four might have. Mm-hmm. Uh, cribbed a little bit from that yeah uh, but yeah go check out the column it's a little more coherent than me trying to talk off the top of my head uh one thing we did figure out i don't know if anyone knows this i feel like this could be a little good public service announcement um if you feel like there's one major thing missing from resident evil 4 which is the announcer on the title screen going resident evil 4 mm-hmm. you can get that for the low price of ten dollars by upgrading to the deluxe version and then switching on the original soundtrack <sighs> I love this game so much, but I don't know if I can spend $10 for that one thing. I mean, it comes with a bunch of other stuff. Silly costumes. You do get silly costumes. Well, so no, it might so be worthwhile was, for me. It was that. 20 bucks for all of the DLC in a bundle. And I got a like early review code and I played through the game four times before launch. And I was like, this is the, the least I can do is buy this. And I would have done it anyway. But um, I like the run I'm on right now is with the, all of the original soundtrack stuff on and a lot of it's really really cool a lot of the new soundtrack is really cool but it is a minor minor annoyance that like the second I hit, I, I actually we were, we were in a slack channel for Resident Evil 4 before the game mm-hmm. came out right and we st- we're still in there and I almost like slacked everyone at IGN playing this game before the game was out and I was like who's reviewing this game and are you or are you not removing an entire point because the game doesn't yell the name of the game at you that, when, at the title screen? It's rude. I think it's yeah. very rude. It should yes. introduce itself. Yeah. Pokemon shouts the name of itself. I yeah. usually just go Max when I walk into a room. I, uh-huh. think, I think a video yeah. game should shout its own name at you. Yeah. So, but, you know, let me clarify like the $10, $20 for the DLC, that's not a big deal. Like, I would love to spend it. It's kind of a principal thing for me. Like, the totally. fact that, like, every Resident Evil game basically has always said Resident Evil. Yep. And then this one just, it's like, no, we want you to pay for that. I'm like, that's kind of a staple. I like it's to a think that the, the yeah. actor had it. He like he was really expensive. They couldn't get him back, and they have to give him <laughs> 10, ten bucks of every sale of the game. And they're like, yep. This, you know, if that's a true story, I I would I would support that. Not. I don't. Yeah. Want I would. That I'm also that. like, I'm, I'm such a little <laughs> fucking hypocrite shit pig about this stuff because it's like when I see a lot of like DLC microtransaction horse armor garbage in games, I'm like, I don't need any of that. And Resident Evil Four came around, and I was just like, oh, I can dress him like a theater actor and change the music a little <laughs> bit. In the grand scheme of things, I've spent an extra ten bucks on much dumber stuff like yes. food on an airplane or something but like to get the two characters dressed like thespians is such a treat and the, the deluxe version also puts these like ornate uh like macy's gift boxes all over the map i heard about that, that yeah. like have ashley wigs and sunglasses and covid masks for leon and stuff like that so like it actually adds more stuff that is not in the base game that isn't actually sold under like the, you see you get the costumes and stuff like that but like my the run i'm on right now like uh ashley has blue hair and you can only get that through this extra version by and they add extra little treasure chests everywhere and it's like mm, i don't know if that's in, if i entirely agree with that i will i'll straight up say to the camera right now like if this was any other game i would be pissed about it and i'd be uh chastising it and i'd be like that's not right with resident Evil 4 I'm, I'm just a little piglet and i want to roll around in the mud and get it and i think that's a, i think that's an important like kind of point to make around just dlc in general yeah. like lots of dlcs are not going to sell to everybody because it, it is a little ridiculous mm-hmm. but for the games that we love and are super passionate about like we're more open to spending that money we're and whales I, yeah we're, we'll, and, we're and at del lagos uh, the big lake yes, and, and i think that's totally fine for for games that you're very passionate yep. about as long as it doesn't become a habit of like where i, I need to do it for every single game Mm-hmm. that i want to play i play yeah. too many games yeah, i would be dumb. i would not be able to afford living in the city anymore collector's edition should be <laughs> reserved for game of the year editions 
It is it is stupid yes. that you you I mean people do this all the time where they shell out like a hundred plus bucks for like a very mm. special bonus version that has like a statue and a cloth map and all that, but it's for a game you haven't played yet. And like I, I always see this like Assassin's Creed where it's like I haven't I haven't met this character yet. Like I'm not gonna and you know people collect them. I get it. That's the point. Mm-hmm. But like it would be I'd be so much more inclined to jump on that if it was like oh uh, here's the game with all of its DLC. It's also got some new bonus stuff and you can get the special collector's edition. It's like oh I already beat the game but I want that statue. Like it would, I want I, that I, statue. I, yeah. Speaking of which, that collector's edition was on sale for four minutes on GameStop in October. It sold out. They canceled in-store pre-orders. They delivered on on the the digital pre-orders but it never went anywhere else and i don't have i just want that leon statue yeah if anybody has that leon statue and they don't want i will buy it off of you please hit me up i just want that boy in my, in my office you know i want to like i want to see him when i walk in know he's protecting see, my other action I figures some, i hope we get some new toys from to, max to yeah, your point about like collector's editions coming out later you know what i would like to see like i would also like to see a version of that collector's edition where it doesn't include the base game so it's a little bit cheaper right but it does include all the deluxe dlc and all the season passes mm. and stuff like that with the statue and stuff because if i've already shelled out 60 bucks for this game 60 70 for these games i don't want to spend i don't i don't need a second copy of this game i don't need a second co- yes i could give it to a friend sweet i can be altruistic do it like that but yeah. i would also like to maybe save you know 30 40 bucks on that, this collector's edition was that the collector's edition on ebay for 600 bucks yeah man middle yeah. middle fingers what a time Just, to be alive but hey capcom come on man for 10 bucks the game can shout its own name at you and you can also dress up like prince everyone let me prince. let me spend money on your shit i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> put it in a store put it on amazon but let put me it back give you money on. make more of them we are about at time we got plenty more to talk about next week and also we're still waiting on uh mercenaries mode which is coming yeah. on yep. april 7th which is what like a week from oh man. yes like that. gosh that's and, a week away you know, rumors about ada wong's separate ways worlds apart whatever it's called whatever journey song is gonna <laughs> that's uh you know that's coming maybe i hope i hope that comes out maybe there's like a laser in it who knows maybe those maybe u3 is going to show up maybe we're going to fight that Ooh, horrible scorpion hope so. again uh but on that note, thank you both for uh, for hanging out. Yeah. Of course. Thanks to everybody who watched and listened at home. Sorry for any technical hiccups. Sometimes we leave the door open and it's just trouble. Trouble comes right in that door. Uh, we'll see you next week. Beyond. Beyond. Beyond, stranger. <laughs> we are the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. I'm Yen, a reader, writer, liver, and breather of comic books. And I'm Nat, and I know absolutely nothing about comics. Which makes both of us authorities in our respective fields. Exactly. Hey, wait. On Comic Sans, I make Nat read some of my favorite comics, including Sandman, Saga, and Lore Olympus. And Yen tells me what makes that comic special. Then I hear what Nat thinks, and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. Listen to Comic Sans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can already binge our first season, and we just released a special bonus episode on Across the Spider-Verse. Hey, Nat, before we go, I'll give you 50 bucks if you can tell me what Comic-Con is. Is it related to Chili Con Carn? Do you mean chili con carne? Maybe we should be chili sands.